You're listening to Paranormal Portal on Revolver Podcasts. and welcome to the Paranormal Portal Podcast. I'm your host, Brent Thomas. Thank you all for being here with me, and thank you to all of you who've been so busy spreading the word and letting people know about the podcast. We are absolutely honored to be constantly meeting new listeners and hearing from you guys, so thank you all very much from the bottom of our hearts. Um, uh, if you have a paranormal experience or, or something paranormal of your very own you'd like to share, please feel free to reach out to me via email at paranormalportalradio at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from you and uh, get you on the show to share your experiences. But we got a great show lined up for you guys today. I've got a special guest. Uh, I'm welcoming Sky. Uh, from Florida to the show, who has had a whole host of paranormal ghostly experiences and a little bit to do with some of the secret societies. So it's uh, a lot of wildness coming up here, ladies and gentlemen. So I hope you're ready because we're going in. Sky, welcome to the show. Hi. How's things in your world? Going pretty good, going pretty good. How are you? I'm doing good, and I'm really glad that you made the time to be here with me to to share all of the things you've experienced. Um, you know, it's going to be a, a, a an epic journey, and I really thank you for doing this. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Um, so I guess probably the best way to start is, is to talk about where it started. Where did all this begin for you? Um, so it kind of started off when I was really little, um, at the age of four, um, my sister had passed away, um, from a heart condition that she had had. Um, she was only about four months old and, um, a little bit after she had passed away, I was kind of, uh, I was just laying in bed and I remember, I can still picture it to this day. I still remember it very clearly. Um, but I woke up and I saw this, um, dark figure just kind of standing at the end of my bed, but she wasn't like little or anything or floating. It was just like, it looked like a tall 
woman and it, and just it's just a black figure. Wow. Yeah, and um, <laughs> I remember looking at her kind of like it was like you you know like when you groggily open your eyes you know waking up two o'clock in the morning and then uh-huh. you just go right back to sleep. Sure. It was kind of like that deal, and so I saw her, and I remember saying Callista, and that was her name, and I said that out loud, and oh. and um, and then I went back to sleep, and I woke up again. I, I don't know how long, I don't know how much time had passed from that and that, but when I woke up, um, my mom still tells me this story to this day, but she says she remembers me running down the hallway in the middle of the night, just you know yelling like I saw Callista, I saw Callista, and oh. my mom and dad looked at each other like like what? (laughs) And, um, a couple years later, she, um, or not a couple years later, but when I was old enough to kind of understand more, Mm -hmm. um, my mom had told me that she kind of had a similar visitation with my sister after, you know, a little bit after she had passed away. Um, and basically what was happening is she was in the hospital. Um, she was going through her surgery and everything. And, my mom was at home and she said that she was sleeping and she said that um, she started dreaming that she was in a hospital mm. and the doctor basically called her over and um, and told her that she had a phone call. So she answered the phone in the dream and it was a little girl's voice on the other side and she said, mom, it's time for me to go. Oh, wow. And so, yeah. And so my mom woke up in like a panic and, um, you know, she ended up going to the hospital the next day and my sister unfortunately had passed away that day wow how powerful was that that's amazing um yeah it was pretty it was fairly intense (laughs) yeah man yes so um but my dad and my mom said from then on they said that i had like a friend that i had been talking to and i said it was my sister and (laughs) um you know my mom was excited about it you know with the Mm -hmm. hope that it was my sister but my dad was really um suspicious about it he was like, I don't, I don't think that that's your sister. He's like, it's, that's just not usually how it goes. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, he was right because over time he said that, um, one day I finally came to him and I was crying and he said that I had, she had pushed me out of my bedroom oh. while we were playing or something. Yeah. So oh. yeah, I don't really remember too much from that, but that's definitely my first, my first experience that I had. Now your, your parents were, were surprisingly supportive of, of all of this, or at least willing to talk with you about it, huh? Yeah, absolutely. hundred percent. Um, my mom's very open-minded and she's, she's always, you know, had a thing for these things. Now she's been more of the cautious type. My dad's the kind of one to really dive in and he mm. loves conspiracy theories and <laughs> learning about all of this stuff. Like he sure. even did, he even tried to do his own little podcast and stuff at a point. Um, oh, cool. Uh-huh. so yeah, <laughs> so he, he, he definitely believes in that stuff for sure. And, um, growing up, I've been told that, uh, mediumship and stuff kind of runs throughout my family. So they're pretty open about that. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. I, I think it's very powerful to have, to have the ability to have that dialogue because I think it's so damaging to young kids when the parents are like, no, you're just having a bad dream. Go back to your bed. And you know, it's like that, that one safe place to have, which is the child coming to the parent is gone. And then they're kind of on their own. So I, I I'm just really glad that your experience was different. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, probably go insane if, if I didn't have that confirmation that <laughs> a little bit of support, you know? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, and there's so many, so many kids don't have that. And, and, and certainly 
you know, I think that's a real risk is that you're basically telling a kid don't believe in what you're seeing and experiencing. So then they think something's wrong with them and it's just a downhill slide from there. And I think honestly, and I've covered it on the show many times, but I think parents do that with the best of intentions just to try to calm their child or soothe them. And, you know, don't worry about that. There's, you know, it's nothing when, yeah. you know, in reality, what it's saying is don't believe what you're seeing and hearing and feeling it's you're wrong, <laughs> you know? And I think that can be, you know, inadvertently damaging to kids. So um, I'm glad that your experience was different. Yeah, absolutely. Last thing you need is someone saying, you know, oh, it's fine. Mom and dad said it's not real. And then it's actually like a poltergeist is chilling in their closet or something. You yeah. Know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's just it, it's it's tough for kids. And, and to have to do that alone, I think, is, is just double tough. So cool. Mm -hmm. But what? Yeah, so exactly. what happened then? Um, so later on, um, I ended up, so my parents eventually, they got divorced. And so I ended up being custody with my dad. Mm -hmm. And so I was about seven ish years old when the next thing had happened. Um, we were living in um, a little trailer and I remember we had a couple of things happen. I don't remember too much of it, but I remember one exact moment um, where everyone decided to pile up on my dad's room. So the way the house was set up is you had the bedroom, like the far end of the house, mm -hmm. and then you have the living room right next to it and the kitchen right next to that. And so my dad's bedroom door is wide open, so you could see right into the kitchen, just laying in the bed. Mm -hmm. And so we were all piled up on the bed. You know, there's my brothers up against the wall. My um, dad's girlfriend was laying over there with them, and I was laying next to my dad, and we're just we're all laying together. And I remember <laughs> laying in bed and looking, and it was basically dark. And there was this, it looked like a pool in the living, or not the living room, the kitchen. Oh. And this girl was like sitting in the pool and she was just watching me. And I remember seeing her picking up this like bucket and just dumping, like, I don't know if it, like, if it was just water or what on her head. And I'm looking at her, I'm freaking out. I'm like seven, I'm literally seven years old. And <laughs> I remember I told my dad, I was like, dad, I think I'm seeing something. Mm -hmm. And he was half asleep. He was like, he's like, he was like, stop being a baby. Don't worry about it. Just go back to sleep. <laughs> And, um, and she starts crawling out of this tub or this, this pool that there were, that was in there and like slowly crawling towards me. And I remember closing my eyes as tight as I could and looking at her again. And it was like, she, it was like, I reversed it somehow. Like she was back in the pool again. Like it, it like she had never stopped, started moving. Oh. And, um, yeah. So <laughs> because my dad, I, I was terrified. So I told my dad, I was like, dad, can I please sleep next to the wall? And he was like, yeah, whatever. So I crawled over everybody and lay <laughs> next to the wall. And my mentality was if, if he wants me to deal with that, then he can deal with it when she gets over here. He'll be the first one she gets. So Good for you. That, that's, <laughs> that's what happened in that situation. Um, but I had a couple instances in that house. Like there was another time where um, I was too scared to, you know, like leave my room in the middle of the night. Like I had instances where I'd wake up in the middle of the night and it felt like the entire bed was shaking, oh. you know, like something was like moving it completely. Wow. Um, and I had another time where I had gone to the restroom and I just saw this like body, like I left the door open. I was a little kid, so I didn't really care for privacy or anything like sure. that. So I'm, I'm using the bathroom middle of the night and I just saw this figure go right past the door and it literally scared me half to death and it walked right into my bedroom because my bedroom was right next to the bathroom down the hall, basically. Wow. That's, I got to yeah. say, that's a good time to be on the toilet <laughs> when yeah, you yeah, see right something on, like right. that. <laughs> oh, Body man. reacts instantly. You're like, well, this, yeah. this is very convenient. <laughs> well, this worked out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But um, as far as paranormal experiences in that house, it's that's as much as I can really remember. Um, I think after that, I kind of just closed my brain off from it. 
Sure. And uh, I hadn't really had any super crazy like in-person paranormal experiences after that. Oh, okay. But that was really a, a mountain of them for, you know, a young, yeah, young child. Absolutely. Yes. And I, I, I definitely like, like I said, I picture them there. Like there were, there were really people standing there, you know, there was no translucence or anything. Um, mm. And so that's the, like, it's, I think what scares me more than anything is, you know, possibly opening that part of my brain up again and seeing something like that. So vivid, I'm like, you know, if I have that capability to see something so clear, you know, I couldn't imagine anything else that I could possibly see, you know, and how can I handle that? <laughs> so yeah, it's, uh, pretty intense. <laughs> so you pretty much, you, you feel that maybe you very intentionally then started to block this out from your life. Um, just to close that part of your mind off or whatever. Possibly. Um, okay. possibly I did go through a lot of traumatic experiences as a kid. Um, oh. so I wouldn't be surprised if some of that could have, you know, intervened with that as well. I know that your brain naturally tends to block things off that you don't want to remember and sure. just to help protect you and help you heal and stuff. Yeah. Um, so, but I did have, um, afterwards, um, I started having like a lot of really intense dreams. Um, I was the kind of person who, who would have like really crazy vivid dreams. Sometimes the dreams would come true. Um, all kinds. I could definitely break down some of them if you sure. want. I even have a whole book written down of dreams. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'd love to hear some of them. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I know that um, one of my, my first dreams that made me start to pay attention to them. Um, I had a really intense, I was in middle school and I had a really intense dream about my mom dying. I had walked into this big house and she was a ghost and, and I remember it was so intense. I thought it was real. And I just remember how heartbroken I was yeah. and I woke up, you know, like crying. I was so upset because I thought my mom had really died. Right. So that morning my mom was doing my hair for school and I told her about the dream and she asked me, you know, what time I had woken up. And I told her it was roughly about four or five o'clock in the morning when I woke up from the dream. And her boyfriend at the time actually was sleeping over that night. And I guess he woke up around the same time crying because he had a dream that his friend had passed away. Oh, wow. Yeah. And not even a day later, his best friend passed away. Oh, wow. And from then on, we've just been keeping up with my dreams just to see if something else would pop up crazy like that. And things definitely kept, kept going. Um, I had another one where it wasn't even a relevance to me. I had a dream. I was a pregnant woman and I was in a house with mm. like two to three other people and they were planning a ritual and, um, and we were sacrificing ourselves for something. I wasn't sure what it was. And, um, I just thought it was a normal, you know, typical scary dream, probably from watching a horror movie, you know, cause the brain does that sometimes. Oh, sure. And, um, only a few weeks later I saw on the news that, um, three bodies had been found in a house for what they presumed to be a ritual and one of the men were on the run. Oh no. <laughs> I was like, all right, this is, this is a little <laughs> intense here. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Could be a coincidence. Could not, but it's enough to spook you for sure. hundred percent. Right. Well, I mean the, the interesting thing is the timing, I guess, you know, people have weird dreams like that, I guess all of the time, or at least, you know, those kind of dreams happen for some reason. Like you said, they could be processing in a number of things. It's just, the, the peculiarity of it is the timing, I guess, that it would happen so close to you hearing that news. That's what's mm -hmm. weird. Oh, uh, yeah. wow. Absolutely. Oh. Yeah. Um, I know that I had, um, I, I'm pretty sure I had mentioned to you in our previous conversation that, um, that I'm a Christian. Yes. Um, I, uh, so I used to have a lot of issues with my Christianity. I would kind of bounce back and forth. Um, my dad's side of the family, they, um, they do, they believe in, um, Buddhism. 
and like half Buddhism, half Christianism, it kind of goes back and forth. Mm -hmm. So I had, you know, that same issue kind of bouncing back and forth between religions, trying to figure out where my place was. Um, I started dating this guy in high school and he was a really big Christian. So he started getting me back into my Christianity and my relationship with God. And, Mm -hmm. um, as a lot of Christians believe, um, you know, once the the devil has a hold of you, he tends to leave you alone because he knows he's got you. But the minute you start going against him and stuff, he starts attacking you and, you know, trying to pull you back and draw you back in. Mm-hmm. And so as I'm, you know, finding my religion and stuff back, I started having crazy, intense nightmares and dreams. They were so vivid that there were times where I would have dreams that I would wake up in the dream thinking I had actually woken up, but I didn't. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yes. Yes, I um they all they all had to do with some kind of demonic figure. Um the I remember one of them I was laying in bed and I don't remember the dream. I just remember it was really intense and I remember the fear that I felt in that dream. Mm-hmm. And then I remember hearing like a whispering in my ear and it sounded like they were calling my name or something and it got closer and closer and closer until finally it sounded like it was in my ear and I woke up and I looked up and I was paralyzed from like head to toe as sleep paralysis. And I looked up and there was just this woman floating above my body. And I tried screaming and I couldn't scream. And, um, and finally, like, like I closed my eyes and I opened my eyes and she was gone. And then it was like a complete like release, you know, wow. like, and I finally like let out my yelp and my mom woke up in like a panic. And I guess she was having a nightmare at the same time I was having the nightmare. And, and she was trying to reassure me. She's like, I'm sure it was just Calista, you know, checking on you, making sure you're, I was like, no, 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 no. And I was like, Calista, this is not about to come in here and scare me half to death. That's yeah. not how it works. I would probably feel way more calm. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so it was, it was so scary. And so the next day, um, before I went to bed, I looked around, I didn't have any crosses or anything in my room. So I looked at my jewelry box for an old necklace I used to have. Mm-hmm. And it was a little jade, um, cross, like a little stone that you could attach to your necklace. And it was completely split in half. Completely. Oh, wow. Yeah, I was I was like, okay, this is a little um, too much for me. So I, I asked my brothers for their, their Bible and, and I sat down and, and another, you know, practice in Christianity is if you do believe that you were being attacked by something or the devil's coming after you is you have to basically, you know, claim God's protection and let mm-hmm. them know that you, you're, you can't be touched because you are a child of God. Right. And so that was, that was what I did. I sat in my room with the Bible and I spoke out loud to whatever it was that had visited me that night. And I said, Hey, um, you know, I was like, Lord, if, if, if this is my sister, Calissa, if you're listening, I was like, I'm here. I was like, if you try to visit me, I was like, I, I acknowledged your presence. I was like, but please don't scare me like that again. Mm-hmm. You know, I was like, I was like, I felt absolutely terrified. I was like, I do not want to experience that again. I was like, I love you and I appreciate it, but I don't, I don't want to be put through that. Right. And then I said, um, if this isn't, my sister and this is something else and the minute I said that I felt like something was sitting in my chair staring at you like you know that that feeling someone watching you and Mm -hmm. you just get that like that's exactly what I felt and I I just I remember looking at the chair and I felt that fear in my chest again and like my anxiety started raising and and I was like you're not welcome here you're not allowed in this house I was like I am a child of God God protects me you know all all that spiel and and then it, it just like kind of left like after a few minutes and I finally calmed down and, um, yeah, so I didn't see anything from there, Mm -hmm. but I just had nightmares continue back to back to back. Um, I had another nightmare where I was staying at my boyfriend's house and, um, I was, so I thought I woke up in the dream Mm -hmm. and I roll over and I'm looking at the, his bed's over in the corner of the room and I'm looking at the wall 
and all I can see is the wall, like almost like it's breathing oh. and like faces are coming out of it and moving. Mm-hmm. And I just remember staring at it. And, um, and then I felt like there was something in my boyfriend's room watching me. I had my back to the rest of his room. My face was facing towards the wall mm-hmm. and it was almost like I didn't want to turn my head cause I didn't want to see it. And I told my right. boyfriend and I was like, I was like, he's here. I, I don't know why in my dream I called him the devil, but I said it was the devil. I said, the devil is here and he is watching us. And um, I was like, we need to pray. And I didn't want to look at him. And it was like an instant flash in my brain. Um, like he wanted me to see what he looked like. And all I could see was just this big, you know, that stereotypical big goat man with the horns kind of a deal. That's exactly what my brain was picturing was standing right behind me. Oh, yeah. And um, yes. so I told my boyfriend in my dream, I was like, we need to pray, you know, to get rid of it. And I was trying to pray. And every time I tried to call it to God, I couldn't get it out of my throat. And and then like everything started getting more intense, like writing started going on the walls, the walls started bleeding. And I literally, I was like, I was like, okay, I was like, we have to keep praying because he's getting mad. Mm-hmm. And then the next thing I know, like I heard this, like, it was like this loud, like, I, I want to say a scream, but I want to say like a heavy breath either. It's kind of like a, kind of like an in-between yeah. and, um, like a ah, kind of a deal. And it like came at my ears basically. Like I never saw him come at me, but in my ears, that's what it sounded like. Mm-hmm. And then I woke up, you know, in a panic from like what I thought was a nightmare. Wow. So, and I kept having dreams like that. I, I, I want to say I have, like I said, I have a whole entire journal full of these dreams about being attacked by dark entities, by being attacked by the devil, um, dark shadows and lot, lots and lots of dreams of me trying to call out God's name and not being able to. That's really something, isn't it? I mean, that would certainly seem to indicate something dark or at least, and it could be, you know, I, I don't pretend to be a dream interpreter, but could it, could it also be a manifestation of, of your own um, struggle with your religion and, uh, versus, you know, your non-religious self and your religious self? Is there, is there... You know what I mean? Does that even make sense or am I really talking? No, hundred percent. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. I, um, I've been pretty, you know, on the fence and back and forth about it because dreams can be so many things. I think dreams right. are, are such a, such a mystery. And mm-hmm. I, I believe that they can, they can be spiritual. I believe they can be psychological. I right. believe, you know, it can be a very emotional thing. I, I feel like it can go so many different ways. Right. And I don't mean to state that it wouldn't be, or, or it's not something dark and evil. It certainly could be. Um, I've, I've, no. I've uh, had dreams similar to that, believe it or not. And, and it was, it's kind of funny because I think that the, the ones that I experienced as well were during a time when I was in a spiritual, I, I guess, struggle to identify my spirituality or at least to come to terms with it. And it was at that time that I had a lot of these kind of dreams like you're describing. And it, and it is, you know, it makes you think, is there something trying to vie for your, for your, uh, soul in, in a manner of speaking and, uh, trying to confuse the, in, the issue and conflate things and, and make you so uncertain and unsure. But at the same time, you know, I, I know dreams can be really symbolic too, so it's hard to know, but I guess, you know, since you had such incredibly powerful experiences, I would, I would probably bet that they were very much a representation of some kind of spiritual struggle with something else. Yeah, absolutely. I think, um, like I said, it's definitely something I'll have to keep learning about and looking more into. Okay, everybody. I think it's time we got to take a break. So don't go away and we'll be right back with more of the Paranormal Portal podcast in just a couple minutes.
Hey guys, Brent Thomas here of the Paranormal Portal Podcast. We just wanted to take a moment to introduce you to the Paranormal Portal store. We've got t-shirts, hoodies, leggings, stickers, mugs, you name it, you might find it over there. So head on over to teespring.com slash stores slash paranormal dash portal and you too can help fund the Paranormal Portal Podcast. Thank you so much for all that you do and thank you for being a part of our Paranormal Portal family. everybody and we're back and we're back at it here on the paranormal portal podcast buckle up we're going in yeah i I definitely did go and see a um a psychic not too long ago about about a year ago Mm -hmm. and um, i was just kind of going through some things and i wanted to figure some things out and so she had me sit down and she put this big rock in the center of um, the table and so I had my hands on there and she just she kind of talked about you know a lot of my past and everything and and some of the decisions I was making and um, she was definitely doing a lot of reassuring about my future and and about how positive it was going to be which is very like nice to hear but sometimes you're like yeah, that's true. Yeah. (laughs) So you know she told me I was going to be very successful and you Mm. know that um, I was going to be great in my job. I was going to find, you know, the love of my life, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. So I was like, yeah, this sounds great. I'm, <laughs> I'm on this train. Like, let's go. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but in the middle of it, she, she interrupts my reading and she asked me, you know, do you know what a medium is? And I told her I was, you know, pretty aware. I was like, I'm pretty sure that's someone who talks to dead people. And she was like, she's like, yeah, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she told me that she sensed off of me that I'm, I'm a medium. Oh. And, um, and then she told me that I wasn't ready. And then I had about two years to be ready. She said I had a lot of growing to do. And I had a lot of, um, I had basically my life to find first before I could start doing that. And yeah. I was like, no, nah, totally get it. hundred percent. I'm not stable enough to be handling a bunch <laughs> of people right now. <laughs> so, um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> And, um, but she told me to really start getting into meditation and, um, she said meditation is like the ultimate key to opening up your brain to things like that and really practicing your vibrations and, um, protecting yourself as well, mm-hmm. you know, because you end up becoming a channel and things can come in and out and, you know, do what they want basically. Right. Yeah. So I did, I started practicing, you know, meditation and man, is meditation really hard to do? <laughs> yes, it is. Uh, <laughs> I agree. And, and I think it's, you know, it's, it's certainly um, incumbent upon what's going on in your day or in your life or, you know, what kind of things you're going through. But yeah, it's, it's surprisingly tr- tricky to quiet your mind. <laughs> it's surprisingly hard to get centered in our world. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty hard. I am, um, I, I was also kind of embarrassed about it. I was like, I don't want someone walking on me like, um, you know, <laughs> like, so I was, like, I was like, that's a little, you know, so I would lock myself up in, in my garage and I would lay my mat out and I, I started getting on a routine where, um, I would get up about four o'clock in the morning, five in the morning and I would go in the garage and just spend time to myself, um, mm-hmm. and do a little bit of meditation and then I would go do a workout. I don't do that routine anymore. I wish I do. That's so hard mm-hmm. to do. Oh my gosh. But <laughs> 
I would, I would do, I would do meditation for about 20 to 30 minutes. 10 minutes was like my minimum goal. And I remember I, I had purchased crystals cause I was really getting into it. I was getting so into it. So I started looking into crystals and stuff. So I bought crystals mm-hmm. to help me with my meditation. And I remember meditating in the garage and um, everything was as normal. I was about a few weeks into meditation and I heard someone so clear say, what you doing? Oh, wow. It was the nicest sounding person I ever heard, but it startled me so much. I thought someone had came into the garage. Like I was expecting <laughs> to see my brother or my boyfriend or someone, you know, staring at me. So I looked up and nobody was there wow. and I stopped meditating right there. I was like, I don't, I don't know what to do from here. Oh, so okay. I haven't really meditated since though. <laughs> so <laughs> But you touched something then. It sounds like you touched yeah, an awareness absolutely. for sure. Yeah, that's yeah. powerful. Very powerful. Um, and and it would suggest that you're that uh, maybe that psychic was right that you do really have that within you. It's just a matter of finding it. But I think we all do. You know, I, in all fairness, I, 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 you know, you hear people say things like gifts, and you know, that that there's they basically put such a value on it. But I think we all are. I think that's by virtue of us being. Uh, you know, in a nutshell, my, my belief is that we're all um, part of the light that is God, right? That, you know, that's what we are. That's why we're alive is because we were given this gift of uh, of our soul. And uh, mm-hmm. as and by, by virtue of having that, that we also have all of the things that come with it. We're, we're just, uh, you know, it just depends on where we're at in our lives, I guess. And perhaps even in, you know, whether or not you believe in multiple incarnations or, you know, uh, reincarnation, however you want to say it. But, uh, you know, I think that it's all there. It's just waiting for us to discover it. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I think that it also has a lot to do with, you know, maturity and, and, you know, whether or not you choose to take care of your body and your mentality and, it's it's a, it's a whole home stretch, but if you're dedicated to, it, I'm sure you can get there. <laughs> <laughs> I think yeah, I think we all can, and, and hopefully, hopefully someday we all will, because I think that we are, you know, we're so focused on this physical manifestation, and and yet I think that we are all multidimensional beings. We just are so focused on this dimension and this part of our manifestation that, you know, we've kind of forgotten how to get in touch with the other parts that may help us to live better and, and live in a more altruistic, holistic type of society. Yeah. I don't know, just my own thoughts, but, you know. No, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, no, I definitely, though, um, believe that, you know, some of that mediumship or those psychic abilities run through some of my family for sure, though. Um, mm-hmm. I know that my grandma, who is not related to the great-grandma I was telling you about earlier, sure. um, she also does some some things she doesn't really dabble in it as much she's she's a big big buddhist um she's originally from thailand so oh okay um yeah <laughs> so but my great grandma um her husband's mom um she was a part of um the rosa rosicrucian group that mm-hmm. i heard you were talking about in a few other shows yeah yep. and um uh, she recently had passed away, but when I went to visit her one day, she had all of these boxes just full of the Rosicrucian books, um, each one having, you know, different lessons. And um, the last one being labeled um, a loom or what we assume is Illuminati. Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> so but my grandma, my great grandma told my dad, she said, because my dad was really interested in it. And um, she has, you know, the ritual and everything. And he, he was really wanting to be a part of something like that, to learn about all of that knowledge, especially him being, you know, a natural conspiracy theorist. He was obsessed. <laughs> he was so excited about it, you know, gold mine. Right. Uh, so, 
Um, but she told him, she gave him a warning. She said, you know, if you are going to go in with it, she said, you have to read it from beginning to end. She said, you cannot, you know, go in the second box and pick a random book and just start reading it. Right. And um, he actually was telling me about one time when he did decide to kind of dig through it. And um, he, he was like, you know, yeah, great grandma warned me, but whatever, I'm just going to pick a book up. And he did, he picks a book up and it was a copy of the first book just hiding in the middle. And he was like, that's a sign. Wow. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I was like, I was like, that's a sign. Yeah. You you, you have to watch, read the first book. Like yeah. great grandma says. Yep. She told him. So yeah. And, and she did, um, she did like a lot of traveling. And, um, when she passed away, my dad got a hold of, um, um, she has this big Egyptian head. It's like a, a statue of, um, I think one of the pharaohs. Okay. Um, she got from um, a meeting that they had in Egypt. Because um, I, I guess they have like little, um, I don't know what you would call a meeting place for, for that kind of a group. Mm-hmm. Um, but they would have buildings, you know, all spread across the country, all spread across the world. Um, they have one in Islam. They have one in Egypt. I know they have one in, they have one in California, mm-hmm. um, and a couple other places. So, um, and then he also has this really big eyeball that he got from her that was a part of, I guess, one of their conference rooms or something. It's like, it's, it's about this, about four feet wide, five feet wide, I want to say, oh and about God. three feet tall. It's a pretty big statue. Yeah, that's pretty significant. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I know in um, in the books they talk a lot about, um, you know, spirituality, and they talk about the afterlife and what happens after the afterlife. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that one of the rules, um, they actually have a rule. You cannot join the Rosicrucian unless you have a religion. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, you don't have a religion, you can't join because Rosicrucian is, um, most of them are Christians from what I can tell. Mm -hmm. Um, My grandpa, the way he explained it to me, he said that um, it's not the Christianity that we all know, though. It's a completely different Christianity, which scares me a little bit, you know, (laughs) being a practicing Christian myself. Sure. So, um, (laughs) I think, but in the book, though, it definitely has um, like all the the rituals and stuff that you need to get in. Um, We even have like, like a Rosicrucian chant and they even have a meditation guide too. Oh, wow. Um, and, and, um, it's like a whole prompt on, on what you need to think about while you're meditating in that moment too. That's really, that's really cool. I, I think that, uh, the, the version of Christianity that he's referring to is a lot, is pretty similar to Gnosticism if you're familiar with that at all, but it's, mm-hmm. it's the idea that, uh, you know, there is a, there is a source and, and an energy that's in us. It's not just in this distant being as traditional Christianity observes. So I think it's, it's more of an, a, a Gnostic, uh, outlook on, on Christianity. Okay, everybody, I think it's time we got to take a break, so don't go away, and we'll be right back with more of the Paranormal Portal podcast in just a couple minutes. All right, everybody, and we're back, and we're back at it here on the Paranormal Portal podcast. Buckle up, we're going in. But um, yeah, um, that all all of that all the mediumship, the psychic stuff, it, it just kind of weaves through my family like just a bunch of veins. You know, they all have kind all kinds of crazy stories. Um, like my dad told me the other day when he was getting into some 
dark stuff. Like he started dabbling into like the Satanism and stuff because oh. he was getting really curious about that, right? Mm-hmm. And he said he remembers – he tells everyone this story all the time because it's the scariest story that he's got. Sure. <laughs> so, but he, he would sit on the porch and um, he said he was sitting on the porch and he was just having a cigarette. Mm-hmm. And he says he just remembered, you know, that sense of something was watching him. Yes. And he said he looked over on the fence and he just kind of stared at it. And, and he said he saw like this movement there. Like you couldn't see anything. And he said it was kind of transparent, but you could almost see like something was sitting on the fence watching him. And so he like he said he looked straight forward and just kind of like scratched his head and stretched and acted like, you know, so it didn't know that he saw it. <laughs> and he said, he, you know, he went to get up and he said as soon as he stood up, he said he saw that thing jump off of the fence. Like he oh. saw like the it's like form move from the fence and he instantly booked it inside of the house and like opened the door, shut the door and he started screaming like, don't open the door, don't open the door. And my grandma being the lady that she is, she said, what are you doing? Why are you freaking out? What is going on? And he told her everything. And she's like, that's what you get for messing with stupid stuff. You shouldn't be doing that. And, um, she ended up doing, um, like a little, uh, Buddhist prayer around the house and stuff to make sure yeah. everything was nice and clear. And my dad did not dabble with that stuff again. Yeah. That's, the that, way he, that's scary. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> no, I was just going to say that's, that's gotta be frightening. That's gotta be absolutely terrifying. Yeah, absolutely. It scared him enough to not ever touch that stuff again. He said the way he explained the figure is it, it kind of looked like, um, you know, the predator from Alien versus Predator when it goes invisible. Mm-hmm. You can kind of see it a little bit. That's exactly what he was saying. That's interesting because, you know, oddly enough, there's uh, there are plenty of reports of people witnessing uh, creatures like that in the forest lands and stuff as well. So it makes you wonder, um, are they all over you know it's not just i mean they certainly could be something dark and and occult related um but you know it does make you wonder um i've actually i've seen video that that may very well show show that and if what i've seen is legit and it's hard to tell i mean anytime you see video you got to take it with a grain of salt but uh, Mm -hmm. at least i can't see any any obvious forms of uh trickery or manipulation on it but it does look really convincing but and I think that, I think there's a lot of things out there that we just don't understand, you know. Yeah, no, hundred um, percent. Wow. I like I, I would listen to some of your shows, and you guys would talk about like blue lights and everything, and I'm like, what is all of this really <laughs> cool stuff I did not know existed? I know. Well, believe me, you know, and that's the funny thing is starting to do the show. I was like. I, you know, I've been a fan of this forever and and an enthusiast and an armchair researcher forever. But when I started doing the show, I thought, yeah, I got this stuff. I know this stuff. I I know all about this stuff. But then when you start doing it, when you start really looking down the rabbit holes, you you just find that there are layers and layers and layers of stuff going on that I had no idea about. And it's, and it's humbling and it's also a little unnerving. And it's like, well, how much don't we know? Because apparently we, we don't know more than we know, you know? Uh, and that's just always, always really tripped me up. It's like, wow, there's so much going on that we just don't have any idea about. Yeah, I think this world's the biggest mystery there is. Um, yeah. I think the amount of stories that people throw at you and, and experiences, it just kind of gets to the point where you can't, you can't not think it's real. Right. You, right. There's, there's always got to be at least 5% truth to it. You know, there's, there's somehow they had to come up with that story. Somehow it had to have happened, you know? Yep. Yeah. And there's just, there are too many crazy things that happen out there for there not to be, <laughs> you know, something else crazy. Well, you know, for me personally, and I don't want the show to be about just me, so forgive me for referring to myself so much, but I, I think that 
because I've seen so much of this weirdness myself, it, it makes me a little, uh, a little more uh, or a lot more open to the idea of what people are talking about. And, and you get to a point where when you're talking to somebody and you're interviewing them and stuff, you can, you can tell when they're starting to scratch the, the makeup post instead of the real stuff. And, and mm-hmm. there, there's definitely a distinction between somebody making stuff up. And I'm not saying that I couldn't be fooled. Of course I could be. But I at least think that, that I've seen enough weirdness to know that, look, this stuff is out there. People are seeing something very real. And uh, they're having to try to understand it. And, you know, it's... It's like reality just has so many more layers than we ever could have realized. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's absolutely crazy. Yeah. Um, oh, man, I had a story, a crazy story, too, and it was just at the top of my head, and I do not remember what it was for the life of me. Oh, oh I'm goodness. sorry. <laughs> no, you're fine. You're fine. It was, it was kind of like one of those things where you listen to someone talk, and then the idea pops into your head, mm. and then you keep listening, and then, yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's exactly what happened. Oh, man. <laughs> Well, maybe it'll come to you yet, but, um, do you have any, uh, any plans now, since you have all of these materials, do you have any, any aspirations or plans to go through them? I really, honestly, I really do. I have that want, you know, to be that medium that that lady said I was the idea of helping people is something that I really personally enjoy now. Customer service, retail, all that stuff. That is not my go-to. I do not like that. I like genuinely, (laughs) The idea of genuinely like really helping someone, really helping transform them, really getting rid of a deep pain that's causing them to be the person that they are, you know, things like that. And the idea of helping someone who passed away, who's looking for a loved one and stuff like that sounds like the ultimate life purpose, you yes. know? No, I think that's and wonderful. I definitely, I definitely do want to pursue that some more. Um, I am. Um, I remembered the story. We're oh, right yeah. on topic too. All right. <laughs> um, I definitely, um, I have, I have some friends and my current boyfriend right now, um, are really into, you know, paranormal as well. And, oh, cool. <laughs> um, we have a really crazy friend. His name's Lore and he's never really had anything crazy happen to him. Nothing bad. So he's like, yes, I need to go make a demon mad or something. Like he's one of those really <laughs> reckless, like come get me, you know? <laughs> and, um, so he, he always has crazy ideas and he, he decided to go out and just buy a whole bunch of random ghost hunting equipment. And we, we lived over by this area where they said it used to be a, um, an Indian, you know, burial ground. Basically uh-huh. it was a big war zone uh-huh. and now it's a military base. Okay. So, we decided since it's only like 10 minutes away from where I used to live, we would go travel there and, you know, try it out. Be kids doing paranormal experiments, you know, and, um, and me being a newly found medium, I was like, why not? Like, let's try it out. We'll see what happens. Right. You know? And so we, we, we pulled up and we sat outside and everyone just kind of walked around and I, I asked the guys, I was like, Hey, is it okay if I come over here by myself? You know, you guys do your thing and I'll just kind of sit and see, you know, what I'm feeling. And it was pitch black. Um, you could see just a little bit from some of the street lights and sure. I remember it felt like I was seeing things like going in front of my face almost, you know, and I felt like I could feel people watching me and, and I, and you can just feel this. It wasn't a scary feeling, mm-hmm. but more of like a, you're definitely being watched hundred percent. And then there's definitely a lot of like anxiety, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just remember I sat there and I just, I just stared at the ground and just like really felt what was going on around me. And then I just started crying. I started bawling mm-hmm. my eyes out and then it stopped. Like after about a minute of crying, I stopped and I, and I just felt calm. Yeah. And, and then I stopped seeing things moving around and it just felt more clear and it was like, nobody was watching me anymore. 
and yeah and i haven't been back there since um because they've started putting signs up and stuff around the area like this is a military base don't come near here so we're like <laughs> all right we're not going there anymore now that's very but, interesting um, though because yeah, that was that was a pretty great shh i'm sorry <laughs> oh it's okay Oh my goodness. No, it's oh, fine. Okay. I was going to say though, I think that that's very powerful. And what was, what came to me as you were explaining that was that was you tapping into the pain of that place. You know, that was you, because I think, I think there's a lot of truth to that, that our surroundings absorb uh, energy. And, and it's one of the reasons I, I really think it's, it's important for everybody out there listening. If you're listening to this, obviously, yeah. What you, I think it's important for people to cleanse their homes because even by living in a structure, it's absorbing our energy. It's absorbing our mood. It's like why well, you can go into some places and just feel peaceful and calm, and you can go into other places and just feel like, yeah, this place doesn't feel right to me. I don't like it here. Uh, and I think that can be a, a big barometer of what's going on in that space. So when you sat there, you were seeing that energy uh, with your mind's eye, probably your pineal gland, maybe, I don't know, however that works. But also that sadness was just the imprint of the pain and sorrow on that soil. Um, and that was you tapping into it. And, and it, it's probably mostly residual. I mean, there may be some spirits that are, you know, obviously stuck in that place and, or choose to be in that place to, for whatever reason. But uh, I think that that was you touching that and, and, you know, integrating into that. And then when it finally just subsided, that was like you f being in connect. You, you were connected. Yeah. Does that make sense? I believe, I believe that. Okay. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that's really powerful. Yeah. I, I definitely, um, ever since I had found out about that and ever since about that situation or ever since I had gone through that situation, I've definitely been paying a lot of attention to how my body reacts to me walking into new spaces I've never been in before. Because mm -hmm. I really like to test and see, you know, if I feel anything different. Um, like I have moments and I, I've had these moments happen to me since I was little where I'll walk into a room and like as soon as I pass the doorway, I get this really odd, like lightheaded sensation that washes over me mm -hmm. and then it just goes away. And I, I don't know why it happens. But it happens on, on very rare occasions depending on, you know, where I walk in. But it's always a room I've never been in before. It's never been mm -hmm. like a room I've walked into before. It's always been somewhere I'm not aware of. And and like I said, it only happens once, maybe every few months to years has happened to me. But it's very noticeable for sure. Mm -hmm. Well, now you, you've made mention uh, of the fact that you you are, you are clean houses and stuff. And, and have you noticed that when you've gone into clients' houses, some of that same experiences? Yes. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. I that's actually I actually looked at it as a little opportunity to kind of test it out a little bit. I was like, I'm going to these random people's houses, you yeah. know, see what we we got. I I do believe, um, you know, I, I I cleaned at least two houses that had something going on inside of them. Now none of them were malice or mean or anything like that. Um, um, I definitely got some spooky vibes. Um, uh, you, it, it was like a lot of those moments where, you know, I'd be scrubbing a counter and I would see someone standing at the corner of my eye or yeah. I would hear something, you know, moving in the next room um, or just that really just intense sense of, of something really hovering over you and watching you. Yeah. Um, so I've, I've definitely had those moments for sure. Um, or, or I'll clean a house and I'll smell something out of nowhere <laughs> and then just goes away. And I'm yes. like, what in the world? And I'll, I'll literally do a sniff check. Like I'll smell the room for whatever it is. <laughs> I just smell. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. I believe, you know, I've, I've experienced that a lot. In fact, the house, 
that I live in. Um, uh, I'll wake up at you know all hours of the night because I'm a restless sleeper anyway. But uh, uh, and just not, well, when I do, I'll be walking through the house and I'll, I'll pass through this like old timey perfume, like an old perfume from you know an era gone by. Just very flowery, very. Uh, you know, bro, bro, harsh, very harsh and flowery. And I know that I own nothing that smells like that. I mean, I'm not, but it's just, and it's never in the same place. It's in different places. But I think that, excuse me, I think that that's one of the ways that spirits communicate with us, at least to give us an indication of their presence is just a, something as simple as a smell. Because, mm-hmm. it, you know, it's certainly not a spooky, scary thing. It's just like, what is that weird smell? That's weird. Yeah. It doesn't seem to fit here, but it seems to be representative of somebody. And I think that sometimes the spirits just want to be acknowledged. You know, I think that that's a big thing. So uh, that could be one of the ways in which they, they seek that acknowledgement is that, hey, do you smell me? I'm here. And, uh, of course, I always say hello to her, you know, whoever she is. I don't know. But, but I think that that's just one of the things that happens. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I um, I I do believe though. Um, like I said, I I talked to that that lady about me being a medium, and mm-hmm. um, she said two years time. It's been about a year now, and I've definitely been noticing more and more happening with me as time goes. Mm-hmm. Um, like recently, um, I've never really had like an audio thing. Like a, I don't know what they call it, a clear audience, clear clairvoyant or something. Yeah, clear audience and. Um, the only time I've ever really heard something say something to me was when I was meditating that one time. Mm-hmm. But recently, and when I say recently, I mean within like the past week, last two weeks, you know, um, I have been hearing things like in the house every now and then. And um, like the other day I heard a man say something and mm-hmm. I live with my brother and my boyfriend. Mm-hmm. So I went to my boyfriend, I was like, did you say something? He's like, no. And I went to my brother, I was like, yo, did you say anything? He was like, no. And I was like, I was like, okay. He's like, are you becoming a schizoid? I was like, no, I'm not becoming a schizoid. Thank you. And, um, and then not even a few days later, I heard a woman sneeze. And I was like, oh. there are no other women in this house but me. <laughs> What's That's going cool. on? Wow. And so I asked my, my boyfriend, I was like, hey, like, did you just so happen to sneeze in the most high-pitched voice you could have possibly, <laughs> possibly done it? <laughs> and he was like, no, I didn't sneeze. Like, I didn't hear anybody sneeze. Oh. Um, and then... Um, just two nights ago, I was woken up in the middle of the night to what I sound like someone saying my name in my ear and it sounded like it was right in my ear. So I've been having, you know, little moments like that and I don't sleep in the dark by myself. I can't, I can't do it because I get overwhelmed. And, um, sometimes I, I just feel like there's something there or multiple things there. Sometimes it's one, sometimes it's multiple. And it, the way I try to explain to everybody when I feel like something's there, it's that feeling of when you're downstairs and you turn all the lights off in the middle of the night, right? And then you go up the stairs and you get that little spooky feeling to run up. <laughs> that's, that's, that's the fun. feeling I get when yeah. I feel like there's a presence around me is that fear of go, 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 run, run, run. You shouldn't be here right now. Like it's instant right. panic mode. Yeah. So um, some nights I can sleep in the dark perfectly fine. Like I try because mm-hmm. I don't like sleeping in the light, but it's so hard for me. I can only sleep in the dark if I have someone else with me. It's something about someone else being around me mm-hmm. really calms down the idea of like some of that stuff going on around me. No, I think, I think you're definitely on that path. I think it's, I think it's manifesting itself as, you know, and whatever it is, like you said, there's, it runs in your family line. So there's, there's a history of it in your bloodline. And I think that these, these, you know, and again, I hate this word, but these gifts are, can be very strong in family lines. There's plenty of, uh, of evidence to that fact, um, you know, that people have family lines of psychic awareness and such. And it sounds like it's coming, coming to fruition for you. Um, you know, 
I, I, I would be interested in, in hearing how that develops for you. Uh, I really appreciate you being here and, and sharing all of this with us because it's been a fantastic discussion and, and I'm, I'm really excited to see how this becomes a part of your life because I think it's a journey you're on, you know? Yeah, absolutely. That's literally what I was thinking about the other day because um, I know that you talk to some other fellow psychics and mediums mm -hmm. as well and you know, I was, I was like, I really need to talk to this guy. Maybe he has some good input on what the hell is going on over here. <laughs> well, additionally, I, I certainly could put you in contact with, with some of them and, and they could maybe help you through this because I think it's great to have a support group. And, and we've got a, a wonderful group of people that are associated with the show that have, you know, offered their assistance to, you know, to do even do remote uh, removals of, of problem spirits and stuff. But they're also uh, very happy to help, uh, you know, and, and to talk to people that are coming to terms with their gifts and, and uh, offer advice and, and maybe some, uh, just a sounding board because nobody can really understand it except another sensitive, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I definitely would love to get in contact with some of them for sure. Okay. Um, just so I don't end up on the wrong path, you know? I don't want right. to accidentally be like, hey, what's up, spirit? And it's like, I'm a demon. What's going on? <laughs> nice know? to meet you. You can call so. me Mr. Demon. <laughs> no, we'll, we'll, we'll keep you. We'll take care of that for sure. I'll, I'll definitely get you in touch with one. We'll uh, continue to correspond through email about that. But uh, Sky, thank you so much for being here and sharing all of this with us. I've, I've thoroughly enjoyed this discussion. And, uh, you know, again, if, if more things come up, please let me know because we'll have you back. Yeah, absolutely. I definitely will. Thank you for having me. I was really excited and super stressed out about it. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> <laughs> well, how was it? Was it pretty painless? It was pretty painless. Yes. I, 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 I'm one of those people though, where I ramble and then I think about it. I'm like, am I rambling too no. much? You know, um, yeah. this is a good place Anxiety for rambling. Roof, you know? This is a good place to ramble. Let me tell you, <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's been great. Thank you so much. And, and, uh, we'll, uh, be talking to you soon. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. All right, guys, thank you so much for joining us here on tonight's show. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Please feel free to follow us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Paranormal Portal Radio, as well as finding us on Twitter. We're on Twitter at Paranormal Portal, P-O-R-T-L. And uh, we'd love to have you stop by our YouTube page and subscribe and check out our shows there. we got hundreds of shows in our, uh, our, our vault of <laughs> journeys into the paranormal portal. So I hope you'll check it out. Check it out, guys. We're over there at youtube.com slash paranormal portal. So hope to see you guys soon. Uh, we'll be back of course, for more podcasts in the coming days. So, uh, stay tuned, but we love you all. Be good. Be kind. Be nice. Take care of each other. Help each other out. Find the magic in every day and remember to laugh as much as you can. Take care, everybody.